Hey everyone, we are so excited that you're listening to the Valkyrie cast. Quick note before we dive into it, because of October 27th, mega release day of so many video games and other media sources, we have a bit of a long news section this time. So if you want to dive into listening to our discussion about Mr. Robot and how wonderful that television show is, go ahead and fast forward to 30 minutes. Um, And if not, We've got about an awesome 30-minute section talking about all the awesome games and television and movie news you always love. Uh, We will have the exact time in the notes if you want to check that out. Uh, Past that, we are the Valkyrie cast. Thanks for hanging out with us. And away we go. Perfect. What's up, everybody, to episode 21 of the Valkyrie Cast. I am your host, Tommy, and I am here with my buddies, Matt, the man who dresses up as Batman for every day of the year but Halloween. It's true. I have a Batman mask on right now. I get in trouble at work, but I was told to dress for the job I won't, not the job I have, (laughs) so my boss can get over it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and we have Drew, the man who him and his wife dressed up as Link in Zelda for their wedding. It's true. It was gorgeous Epona song as we walked down the aisle. Um, you know, it was great. I was going to start singing the Epona song, but for some reason the Jurassic Park the Jurassic Park thing popped up my head. And I went, that's not right. Exactly. You said the Epona song, and I went, wait a minute. That's Side note, right. That's I would Park. I would have totally walked down the aisle to like all of Jurassic Parks. Like I think Jurassic Park, Indiana Jones, um Star Wars, pretty much anything John Williams does is just amazing. It's just I think There's Rebecca the- walked out to something from uh Ever After. Really? And Pride and Prejudice. We incorporated that film love. Yeah, we actually I think I think we walked, I don't know what we walked out to. My wife walked down the aisle to bluegrass. That was pretty epic. It was a it was a bluegrass cover of Yellow, which is really, really good, uh, by Coldplay. Um, <laughs> so that was kind of cool. I, I've never, this is one of those things I've never thought about, but you know you have like random moments in your life when you're just like, actually, that would be pretty cool for this situation. I was watching a Star Wars A New Hope, and the the music that plays at the end when they get the awards yeah i know they were talking about yeah i was just like that would be epic it's music so to epic like leave sounding. walk out of in in your wedding so like that's like the only thing whenever that time comes in my life that i'm gonna be like hey hey, hey honey i don't we can do whatever you want but here's my one suggestion if it can happen i uh, i just would that like that music, one suggestion i but. just would like that music to play every morning like when i walk outside my house to go take on the day <laughs> do, 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 do. i feel like it would be uh I could take on the day a little bit better. Would be pretty epic. We had uh, a pretty big weekend this past weekend. Um, one In one day, three of the biggest games of the year came out, which I think it's kind of crazy that they all came out one day and none of them decided to you know change. Um, those three games being Super Mario Odyssey, Assassin's Creed Origins, and Wolfenstein 2, The New Colossus. Um, of those three games, I think I'm the only one who's played one of them. I'm, I'm just guessing neither one of y'all played the other two. Yeah, so I don't have a Switch. I mean, rub it yeah, in. Yeah, Matt, you're, you're the only <laughs> one who's pulled the trigger on the Switch, you know. 
Uh, yeah, but I mean, you guys could have gotten Assassin's Creed or Wolfenstein. I was at, that's what well, I was here's the, I knew y'all didn't. I knew y'all didn't play Mario. By the way, I played Mario. That's that's what I'm getting at with this whole thing. <laughs> Wolfenstein seems amazing and so intriguing to me. But I have the first one on PC, and I've gotten through like the opening level, and I really like it. But I've I've just decided I want to play it first because I like going into games like especially series like that that I've not played. I like going in at least like playing through the, the the main series in there so i want to beat the no i, I want to beat the first one first though i've heard it's great and as far as assassin's creed goes i just and maybe i'm in the minority of this i just don't care and this is crazy because i really loved assassin's creed's game at one time but like it's just i'm just so burnt out on assassin's creed games <clears throat> and it looks just like mm-hmm. any other assassin's creed game just in egypt and the, the last, my favorite Assassin's Creed game is uh, Black Flag because they added pirate ships in it. And I mean, who doesn't love pirate ships? Um, mm-hmm. so a, but even that one got old really it quickly. Did, I did. I, I really like that one because it was, um, I guess when Xbox One first came out, I, I got like the Xbox as soon as it came out, Xbox One. And that was one of the few games that was on it at launch. And it just looked gorgeous. And it was just so much fun to sell around because it was so different. Like it was so different from any other Assassin's Creed game. I think really it just filled the void of a pirate game. I, I've never known that I wanted until then, and ever since then I'm like I want a pirate game. And you know Ubisoft's working on one, so maybe we'll get it soon. Hmm. Okay. So that's Drew's thoughts. Tommy, do you have any thoughts on the three games that these three big games that came out this week? Uh, I really want Wolfenstein. I'm waiting to play it until I get a Switch. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think it came out with a Switch. It's not coming out on the Switch until beginning of the next year, I think. I know, which is kind of make it, it makes me feel good because that's that'll be about the time I have the money to buy a Switch. So it'll mm-hmm. be perfect. Gotcha. So you don't. It's not like eating away at you because technically it's not out for the console you want it on. So I get that. No. I think it would. I think it would be great on the Switch since it doesn't have multiplayer or anything. It's just strictly a story driven game i think it would be awesome to have it on the switch yeah i am um, i agree i ju- i that new mario themed one that comes with mario that has the two red joy cons mm. the two red joy cons looks really it's, good it's the hotness man i like it um it's a little marked up though because like it comes with the game but it also comes with like a like a, a super mario odyssey like case yeah i think it's three and like you get charged like yeah you get like charged like 30 40 bucks or something for the case and it, it's like it, it's weird it, it's not a very good value I've, I've looked at it but i mean it's it's worth it if you want the. but that if you want the red man switch, you want the red yeah uh, i know that's what i'm saying for sometimes sure Sometimes you want the red um man i, I want to switch hey, sometimes you want the side red. note i found tommy what did you uh, oh okay. i was just gonna say Go another game that i just found out was on the switch i didn't know but I was like, man, this is brilliant. Is um, I mean, you guys may have never played these, but there's this whole series of game called Jackbox games, which are like party games with people. So you can, and, and you don't even mm-hmm. use your controller, you use your f- cell phones to play these like trivia games and other like interactive games. And you can have anywhere from, you know, four people to like, I think some of them you can play up to like a hundred people. It's ridiculous. But I've just heard that they got ported over to the Switch which is brilliant because you can just take it with you to your friend's house because these are games like you can play, you know, we talk a lot about co-op games. That's exactly what this is. These are like fun games to play with anyone. And it's cool because you could take it anywhere with a Switch and set it up and play with people who don't even really like video games, but they'd still like them. 
I think like <clears throat> I would feel completely fine on Thanksgiving taking those kind of games and hooking them up and playing with friends. So and, and family and like it not oh, yeah. being awkward. Jack in the Box is super fun. I've spent many of hours with some of my friends here in town playing that because it's easy. You can just pull it up. And anybody can just pull your phone out and yeah. just play, and it can be anything from trivia games to apples apples style games to like pointing There's some pointing fun at each other games. games. It's really that fun. I like too. You can like draw things. People. The the there's one where you draw t-shirts and they fight yeah. each other, and I actually really like that yeah, game. That one's really you fun. You can order the t-shirts too. Like if you if somebody does a really great one, there's something set up. I was listening to the developers today talk about where like they had it set up where you could order the t-shirts you design which is real fun uh, but that i just thought fun. that was a brilliant setup because you know the switch is this take anywhere console and kind of a, a game that is even enhanced more by being taken with you places so you can have mm-hmm. other people play so it's kind of a neat idea kind of makes me wonder i've seen where you can buy like mods where you can take out the components of the switch dock which are really small and like put them in a smaller case um it makes me wonder if it's almost hey, be worth it to like buy some smaller there's actually device there's actually one on the market. to carry around with you um yeah there's a, there's a, there's a, i've th- seen some but there there's a third party one, one polygon was reviewing the other day that's like a travel dock that like sets up like it's small enough you can throw it in the bag, but you can still hook it up to a TV and stuff, uh, which mm-hmm. is pretty sweet. I, that that's the only thing about it is, man, that dock is just so big. Yeah, but for what it does, it makes sense. But for something like a game like that, it doesn't really make sense. But you would want it on the big t- screen for the Jack in the Box no, games. Now, Matt, answer this question because I may just be misunderstanding this. But like, so you have the Switch, you have the dock. You'll go in the dock so you can throw it on your big screen. Does it not have like <clears throat> an HDMI or a Display Port out where you can just hook it up to a TV? The Switch itself has a USB Type C port. Okay, that is what powers it, and that's what sends the information through the dock. The dock is literally just an USB-C that you plug into, and it just sends the signal uh, through HDMI. So on the back of the dock, it's literally a USB, uh, a regular USB, uh, an HDMI, and a USB-C that you plug the power into. Gotcha. So it's not upscaling or anything. It's literally just uh, like a sending the signal to the TV through HDMI. So that that's why you see stuff like that, which are smaller, because the actual components inside the dock. The dock's the only thing that feels kind of cheap and plasticky, but its whole job is just to have a place to set your thing down and charge it and hold it yeah. in place. So you don't really need anything saying fancy. Could you... Could you just get sense. a USB-C to HDMI adapter? Like, if you're going to go and... Obviously, the battery won't last forever, but just for ease of use, would that work? Or I don't think it's as simple as that. I'm pro- You probably could, um, but it, it's still... The dock still does a few things because it adds, you know, external H- uh, USBs, like regular USBs, and it also adds... Um, where you can plug in a Ethernet adapter that goes Ethernet to USB. So you probably could do that, but I think that's designed specifically for that device, so it probably works best with it, and you may be able to get away with it, but it probably wouldn't charge it, and it probably would just display the the main display. Gotcha. All right. Maybe. So... Tommy, you gave your thoughts on Wolfenstein. Do you have any opinions on Assassin's Creed? 
origin or Assassin's Creed in general, I guess. I'm kind of with Drew. Um, I'm just, it's, it's the same thing yeah. over mm-hmm. and over. And which is fine. Cause I mean, I guess most first person shooters are the same way, but, uh, you know, just not my, not my thing. Right. I, uh, any other thoughts on that or Mario before I jump in and kind of give my two cents on the three? I, I will say that I agree with what Tommy said about Assassin's Creed. It, you know, when it first came out, it was this new, fresh kind of feel on like a single player adventure type game, open world type game. <laughs> and I just feel like it's just like, I know exactly what I'm getting when I buy Assassin's Creed game. And I guess that's good and bad at the same time. But, like, I remember, for instance, Shadow... There's a new Shadow of Mordor game that came out a few weeks ago. And I remember playing the first Shadow of Mordor, and um, it was very Assassin's Creed feeling. Like, you snuck around, you climbed things, you killed things. But then... So, like, that didn't... Like, that was boring to me, because you... I mean, there were these huge towers you climbed to unlock new zones and new information about new zones. I mean, Ubisoft pretty much wrote the book on that detail, uh, but what was interesting about it was the whole nemesis system they put on top of it for enemy AI. <clears throat> and I just feel like that taking that example, that's kind of a similar game to Assassin's Creed that did something new and different that had never been done before. I just feel like there's not been anything new and different about Assassin's Creed games um, for a while. I, I mean, you know, besides a new setting and, you know, the pirate ship seemed to be the last one. And even that was just a big whole ship vehicle thing not something game changing so i don't know and and i just feel like they need something to spice it up more i I don't know what that is um because tommy's right you know first person shooters they're all the same but like when modern warfare came out that first one even though that's been done to death now it was new and fresh and interesting and uh you know same thing for a bunch of other games as well so i don't know gotcha well Here's what I, my opinion of Assassin's Creed is I loved Assassin's Creed. I played every single one. The last one I played was Unity, which a lot of people know Unity was not that great. And it was very buggy, and I haven't played one since then. Um, But this one, I didn't really care for the setting. However, I'm thinking about picking it up because it's gotten very good reviews. It has. Like, really good reviews, and a lot of peep things have been saying that it's the best one since Black Flag, and it's better than Black Flag, if that gives you an idea, Drew. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, th- I, I'm going to wait because I just picked up Mario Odyssey, um, but I am thinking about jumping on whenever it goes on sale or something. However, I did talk to my friend, actually my roommate from college, Chandler, this weekend. He's a huge Assassin's Creed fan, not but not like over fan he just really likes the games and he was telling me about it that it's the best one they've done in a long time and uh he was telling me a lot of good stuff and i've looked into it and it looks really fun it looks better than i expected um and i do think it's 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 different from the other ones in a lot of ways uh i like the fact that it's kind of going even further back to the beginning of the assassin's order or whatnot so we get to see some of that which is cool um the only thing that had me hesitant was the apparently the microtransactions are pretty bad in the game. Mm. Um, but after talking to Chandler, they're mostly they don't really affect the game that much. It's mostly buy to buy to get the really cool legendary weapons early on if you want to, which I'm fine with. If that's all it is, I don't mind that as long as it's not pay to win. 
Um, and it's just, oh, I can get this cool, you know, I can get the Master Sword for $5 if I pay. You know, somebody might want to do that. I would want to do it. I wouldn't do it. But so I've heard good stuff about it. So I'm thinking about checking it out, but not right away. I think um, it had a ton of Wolfenstein. DLC too, didn't it? Like, it was like a ton of DLC for the game. Maybe I was wrong about that. Possibly. I haven't seen a ton, but it may. Um, that That's something I'd have to look into. Um, but as for initial launch, it's gotten good reviews. I think IGN gave it a 9, and some other stuff gave it pretty high, too. Well, cool. Which is cool. Uh, as for Wolfenstein, I really want to play it, but I haven't played the first one. And I'm kind of with Tommy with it seems like it would be a perfect Switch game, so I think I'm just going to wait for it to come out on the Switch because I think it would just be cool to play that on the go. Um, although I think I'm going to want to have to buy a, the Pro Controller or something to play that because I feel like it would make it better. But I don't know. We'll see. And then finally, ah, Super Mario Odyssey. I almost said Do you Gans, like that, jazz, but it's that jazz song they got for it? Is it like uh, I haven't got to that oh. part, but I know what you're talking about. I haven't got to New Donk City. So, uh, Super Mario Galaxy, I got it. I got it today in the mail because I got it through Amazon because I get 20% off for being a Prime membership. You should check that out. It's awesome. Um, so, I've been playing it. I probably have maybe an hour to an hour and a half into it, and I have to say it is really freaking fun. I can't really put into words why it feels so fun other than maybe it just reminds me of Mario Galaxy or even going further back to Mario Sunshine and Mario 64. It just really reminds me of those like amazing Mario games that I played growing up. Um, the hat mechanic where you throw your hat to collect coins and you can jump on it and you can throw it to capture or possess all these different um <laughs> possess I like animals that. and stuff possess them. is really really cool and it's really crazy the first time it happens like the very first thing you capture or like when it's introduces to you there's this like crazy weird cutscene where you're in mario's perspective and uh you capture this specific animal i don't want to spoil it because it was pretty funny when it happened but like because of this animal you have this super this certain ability where you just jump really 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 high and it was really fun to be controlling this animal and just jumping like incredibly high and then you come across another even more ridiculous animal that you get to control and i was really surprised that you got to control it so early on um and it's just it's just really fun. There's coins and stuff hidden everywhere. Um, I remember Drew, you mentioned when the game first came out, somebody talked about falling off a cliff and finding something because the designs are like it was designed to do that. I literally have had that happen where I got knocked off a cliff and then landed down, and it was like, oh, there's a wall over here that looks suspicious. Let me come check it out. And then I found one of the moons and stuff. Um, I just got to the first main. Uh, like planet well I guess it's not planet like world city or whatnot which world which is like a desert world with all these like it's it's kind of day of the dead or um, inspired it's like all these like skull people with like maracas and big sombreros on and it's just it's really cool and really fun to play and stuff and so I I do I would throw this in the same category as Legend of Zelda um Breath of the Wild and saying this is probably the little bit I've played, it's probably worth getting a Switch for by itself. 
So having two of those games come out in the same year for a console is pretty impressive. So, yeah, I give it two thumbs up. I think it's dope. And I can't wait to hear what y'all think about it. I'm going to bring it this weekend so y'all can see it. and play. It'll it probably bit. be Ope for me, if I had to guess, because that's my favorite rating system that we have. It's the worst <laughs> rating system. You can't just, just wishy-washy right there in the middle. Can't even make it. But yeah, so it's cool. I like it a lot. I IGN, the guy at, uh, I forget his name, uh, he's he gave it a 10. I watched a little like interview with him today where he they like, did a podcast and he was they were like what do you think and he was like the ten speaks for itself and the like other hosts were like what oh my gosh we haven't seen your review so we didn't know what you gave it and he was like yeah it was literally I finished it and stood up and started clapping in my living room like it was just incredible so Super Mario Odyssey looks like it's going to be one of the classic Mario games that we'll be talking about for years and years to come well, good. It's out on the Switch now, and if you have a Switch and you haven't bought it, you need this game and you need Breath of the Wild. Just go out and go buy both of them. <laughs> or you could be like so, yeah, Tommy and you can a... buy the games before you own a Switch and just have them staring at you. That's you true. do have Breath of the Wild just sitting there, like calling your name. Tommy. It's true. I, I loaned it to a buddy of mine. Uh, pass the Switch. <laughs> Yeah, who has a Switch, and uh, actually, I, I kind of forgot I loaned it to him because he sent me a text the other day, and and he was like, hey, I'm done. Here you go. You can have it back. Hey, um, mentioning awesome. all these awesome video games that came out, another thing that came out on the 27th, which is not video game related, is Stranger Things Season 2, which interestingly enough is like called, I guess, Stranger Things 2. Like The title screen of the first episode literally says Stranger Things 2. Um, I've seen the first mm-hmm. episode. It's great. I love it. Um, we're going to dive into it probably tomorrow since tomorrow's Halloween, at least as of the time of this recording, and actually watch some of it on Halloween because I think it kind of takes place around Halloween. Um, it just drips 80s coolness. Have you guys got a chance to watch any of the new season of Stranger Things? Uh, <laughs> uh, we are about five or six episodes in, and Rebecca's right. behind me saying, hurry up so we can go watch um, more. I got you. <laughs> I got you. So you guys like it, Tommy? Yeah, it's enjoyable. I don't think I'm as big a fanboy. Oh, I mean, you know, go figure. As big a fanboy as, uh, you know, yeah. a lot of people are. But, no, I love it. I mean, it is definitely... Uh, it's definitely enjoyable, and I like the horror aspects. Uh, season two has been fantastic. I like the dark, gritty stuff, so it's right up my alley. Cool, mm-hmm. Matt. Uh, I've only seen the first episode and part of episode two. I, my roommate, had a bunch of people over, and I came home from work yesterday, and there was like fifteen people in my living room watching it, and I was like, I only know like three of you and they were on episode two already so i sat and kind of socialized for a few minutes and watched and then once i realized that it was further in than i've been i was like oh nope i'm out (laughs) so i watched the first episode today and really enjoyed it i like it it's uh i'm kind of with tommy like i don't like i don't think i'm as big fan as everybody else but i do understand why people love it so much and i do enjoy it enough where i'm looking forward to finishing it i just I have to purposely kind of separate myself from the hype and the over over excitement that a lot of people have because yeah I get it I'm just not 
into it that yeah. much. Yeah, I so think some of it. I try to I try to separate myself because I want yeah. to be able to enjoy it, and some and some stuff like this can get so over overblown that it can it can take some of the enjoyment out yeah. of it for people who enjoy it but don't like obsess over it. Yeah, so I think some of it. I'm taking my yeah, time. And I only one episode in, but I think some of it is it feels like more of the same thing, which is not a bad thing at all. But when the when yeah. the first season came out, first off, I heard from it, heard about it in just such a random way, and then when I finally watched it, it's just so unlike anything I had seen. And part of it was there's just not a lot of like really great kid actors and stuff anymore. It doesn't feel like and like these guys are doing such a great job and using them in such an interesting way and uh it just felt like everything i loved about like 80s adventure movies and uh it still feels that way but i guess i kind of have an expectation to some degree of like what the vibe is and in the first one i didn't and uh mm-hmm. so i understand what you guys are saying but i am excited to dive back into it i think it's uh i think it's good i do like the horror suspense i don't know what you call it, element maybe horror elements the best way to do it i don't like horror movies i would say but i really love the first season because of those things and i feel like i like him for this this season as well just the little i've seen mm-hmm. you talking about the kid actors just reminded me that of some other like small news i forgot i wanted to mention because any of those actors especially the main two kids could be an awesome billy batson oh man for shazam, shazam! and this week we got news for Shazam, the movie, that Zachary Levi, who is known for a lot of things, including the thing that I know him most from is probably Chuck. I really liked that show when it was on television. Um, but he is supposed to be playing Shazam um, in DC's Shazam movie. And if you don't know anything about Shazam, he's kind of like a Superman, like a like a Golden Age hero. Magical, but his, his whole thing is he's a 10-year-old kid who, when he says the word Shazam, he turns into pretty much Superman. And uh, so it's a really, really fun, interesting character. And I look forward to seeing... Everybody's freaking out because Zachary Levi's kind of a scrawny guy, but he's got plenty of time to buff up. And a lot of these actors who play these big superheroes and get buff, like they were skinny to start with. So it'll be fine, and I'm really excited for that. So there's a little extra news thrown in there. I love Zachary Levi. I think this will be. I think it'll be. You're fantastic. excited about this. This is a superhero movie you're excited about, right, Tommy? I am, and I mean, but it's it's a largely because of Zachary Levi and the director. The director? Uh, speaking on horror notes. Um, oh, dead gum! I can't remember his name now. He did Lights Out and Annabelle Two. Um. Uh, I got you. I don't know if that's a short. Dead gum. Well, I can't find. No, no, it's the same movie. short. It's the same as the short. Oh, is it? Or lights out. Yeah. Oh no, I pulled up Shazam. While, while we're pulling oh, that up, I will say Levi. that I hope Dwayne Johnson is David is F. Black Sandberg. Adam. Yes. Who's Black? So Adam? Black Adam is like the reverse of. No, I, no, I, I know who the Black Rock Adam. man. Who, it, who, he's been rumored. Oh yeah, he's yeah. Been I forgot about to that. do that for like a while, like it's a standalone and. Oh yeah, I think they had him slated for that before Batman, before Affleck was Batman. So <clears throat> yeah. if I'm assuming that's still gonna happen, but well, let me tell you, Black a, Adam and and Shazam or Captain Marvel um, are fascinating characters. Like I, I think it's so cool. Mm-hmm. I like the idea that it's a ten year old boy who has superpowers. Because I mean, who who as a ten year old boy didn't want to have like superpowers? So oh yeah, oh yeah, it's gonna be awesome. So that's our news for today. 30 minutes in. Here we are. 
There's a lot that happened this week. <laughs> it was, I told you it was a big weekend. How, that was that was just the game. Yeah, I love how basically. some weeks like we have no news and it's like yeah, we're like 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 scraping the bottom of the barrel to like say something in news section, and then other weeks we're like yeah, well now we are halfway through an episode and just now getting to the main topic. <laughs> we yeah. really could probably do like an entire side episode just for news, but it's all good. All right, so that's our news. Thanks for listening. Now we're going to dive into our topic of the podcast where we are talking about a show that we've been watching recently and that all three of us very much enjoy that just got a season three that started, I think, last week. Maybe in the week before. It's hard. They all kind of blend together. But we are talking about the show called Mr. Robot. Yeah, it started like three weeks ago. Okay. I feel like that was just this past week. It does Goodness. feel like Hey, that. guys, November will be, like, uh, this week, just heads up, so time, uh, time weird. flies by. Oh, man. Yeah. So Mr. On. Robot is a show about a kid named Elliot who's a young programmer, and he works for a cybersecurity engineer company, but he's also, like, a hacker, and so, like, he can do all this crazy stuff because he's, like, super, super smart, but he's also got, like, super social anxiety and all this other... He's a very fascinating character, but um yeah tell us let's talk about where did we hear about mr robot um the first time i heard about it was i think i saw a commercial because it's on usa and i saw a commercial for it and i was like hey that's that actor who the only thing i remember him from was he played uh the uh, egyptian guy uh the uh dang it in night of the museum he plays um the mummy yeah guy. he's uh <laughs> yeah. the sarcophagus and he's Ra or whatever his name is and I was like alright that's the guy from Night of the Museum I know he's been in other stuff but that's the first thing I thought from. I think it's from, Achman so. Ra does that sound right? Achman Ra? Yeah. 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 Got right. you guys, don't Probably. worry So I remember seeing it and thinking it looked interesting but never really watched it um, but until I, I met it I think my boss actually mentioned that he'd seen it and then Tommy when you had said something about it I was like I need to watch this show and I watched the first episode and I was immediately hooked and interested, and I just like dove straight into the first season and finished it in like a week. Yeah, so I had, I had a really good friend Matt who has always had great recommendations on music and television and everything else. He told me about it probably in season one, and it was just one of those times. And you guys who are listening, y'all probably understand this. We understand this. We just live in a era right now where there's so much media that like. You just can't consume everything. And it was just one of those things that I just didn't get around to watching until uh, just the last few weeks. It actually popped up on my TV. We have a Amazon Fire TV, and it popped up as, like, one of the recommendations. And uh, I'm just like, man, I've been needing to check that out. And uh, really, really fell in love with it. But I can honestly say, like, part of it, that part of the reason I didn't initially watch it was because it was on USA. I don't know why... Part of me thought about all I could think about was Burn Notice and thinking about how not good of a show that was, and I think that was on USA at one time. Shut your mouth. Do you like Burn Notice? <laughs> I just I like the I like the first five seasons. The last three were kind of well, and formulaic. I, I don't I don't even necessarily think it was terrible. Terrible. It just wasn't anything special to me. And like I guess th- I said this before we started recording this, but Mr. Robot doesn't feel like a network tv show to me and i i know that's a weird thing to say but like i would agree but with like that. it feels more like something like 
something like Netflix would produce or something that uh, or something from HBO, HBO or Stars. Yeah, or Stars or something like that. It's got this it's got this series feel like Westworld and like Game of Thrones and maybe it's just cuz I got so enthralled in the world, but like it has this suspense building like Game of Thrones and Westworld and uh, some of these uh, other Netflix shows like Stranger Things and stuff like that. It just I don't know, in the level it's really well put together that I was just was a little bit surprised by it. But uh I don't know. That was mad, and now I regret not watching it earlier because I text Matt the other day. Like once I got like a few episodes in, I'm like, man, I'm sorry. I never. I like thank you for recommending this so long ago. <laughs> I finally got around to it. So, Tommy, what about you? Mm-hmm. So I, I need to start off by saying I'm hurt. I think I've been telling you guys to watch this <laughs> robot forever. Uh, but uh, no, and we finally did because you wanted to talk about it on the podcast. Yeah, so. it's true. I thank did. you, Tommy. Yeah, but um, coincidentally, it was last year. I was on set for a movie called Celeste, and um, hey, buddy, I was on set for that too. Yeah, um, Stranger Things had just dropped, and I remember it was one of the days we were going home early, and. Uh, was going home to go watch Stranger Things, and Michael goes, "Dude, uh, I started an episode of Stranger Things, and then I stumbled across the show called Mr. Robot. Go watch it; it's better." And I went, "But everyone's talking about Stranger Things." He goes, "I don't care. Watch the first episode of Stranger Things, then watch the first episode of Mr. Robot, and tell me which one you watch." And so we watched the first episode of Stranger Things, and then we watched the first episode of Mr. Robot, and then we binged the entire first season of Mr. Robot. Um, yeah, that first episode of Mr. Right. Robot, like, by the end of it, I was like, I'm not really sure what's going on. And maybe this is a theme for the whole series. I'm not really sure what's going on, but I'm really, really interested. Yeah. I think what? that coffee scene, that coffee house scene, to me... Oh, yeah. It just... it. Like it was so interesting of a of a scene and just a little sequence that wasn't even really important in the grand scheme of things, but like it told me everything I needed to know about the main character and made me go, I don't care. Basically, made me think that I don't care what this guy ends up doing. I like him, and I'm gonna. I want to know what happens to him. And I think that that that's what kind of solidified my interest in what was going on in this world because it really is computing, especially if you're not tech savvy or computer savvy at all. Yeah, and I loved it because I mean I grew up. Um, I've got you know Clay, who we've had on the show, and some friends of mine are legitimate IT nerds. And uh, growing up, my mentor. Um, is actually uh, one of the higher ups and uh, working for IT, and uh, he taught me how to build computers at 15, um, and and just so I love that world, and it's really cool to see. I don't know. Uh, I I think that they kind of exist in the realm of plausibility to mm-hmm. to a certain extent. Uh, oh, yeah. On the computer side, and I've always been fascinated by things like um, anonymous. Um, yeah, and mm-hmm. the first season really seemed to be heavily oh, influenced yeah, by, by socio hacking, you know, anonymous thing, hacktivist and so um, the yeah, hacktivist. Thank you, hacktivist. But I mean, really mm-hmm. though, like it, it. Gosh, I'll tell you. After watching the uh, first season of the show, I'm like, I need to change all my passwords and like figure out my IT security. Oh yeah. 
I actually text Clay, I think, after a few episodes of this. Hey, bro, I'll feed you dinner sometime if you'll come over and like, look at my whole network and tell me where like I'm going to get... I don't even think... like I, not, not that... I don't know. It, it just... It's crazy because so much of this is in our everyday world that this this TV show addresses because even though some of it's a little outlandish, you still hear stories about, I mean, what is it? Uh, Equifax just got in trouble for a yeah. huge hack uh, and lost tons of people's information. It's just wild. Well, I mean, I, I posted an article on my personal Facebook page, probably, I think it was just last week or two weeks ago. Um, you know, get a little tech speak here. WPA two is kind oh, of yeah, the, one of the, the yeah, the like is Wi Fi stuff. Yeah, and like so, there's a huge hack that's going around, and so you know, go up to if if you have no idea what I'm talking about, go update all of your software, go update yeah. your router firmware, um, because don't, they they don't found use this public huge Wi Fi for a while. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because this, I mean. The bad part is, is, is the more technology that we ingrain into our lives, the more we are susceptible, susceptible to people brutally entering that. Yeah. I had some kid in my neighborhood when we first moved into our house who kept hacking my Wi-Fi, <laughs> and uh, he was freaking seeding off my Wi-Fi. And I mean, I had a pretty, I had a pretty strong password. And so now I've I've changed over to um, I use phrases now, and so if he ever hacks, if he's ever somehow able to get in my Wi-Fi, I get the last laugh because I have a phrase that I've left specifically for him. Should <laughs> ever uh, <laughs> enter into my Wi-Fi? Yeah, well, let's. <laughs> Tommy's Wi-Fi passwords, Jimmy. I am going to get you. Stop it! <laughs> How did he know? Let, let me ask you guys this question, uh, and and this show is pretty spoiler heavy, so we're gonna give a spoiler warning here in a minute and really dive into kind of some of the meat of it. But what do you feel like is the, um, I mean, what what kind of genre does this feel kind of? You know, because it feels like it, it kind of has got a little suspense going on in, or th- not thriller, but it's got this suspenseful suspense that's constantly building. I, I guess, what do you guys think it fits in there? And even kind of taking that and distilling it down even further, who who would like this? Like, who who do you recommend this to you go to watch it? Everyone. Yeah. Just, I, I think it falls into drama and thriller and may, maybe even... Uh, Oh, I guess crime, yeah. IMDB yeah. has it as crime thriller and and drama, and I think definitely definitely the, the the drama and thriller. Yeah. But no, I would recommend it to anyone. I've been telling everybody about it. The only my only hang up and I don't and I think you can get past it if you um if you're interested enough in it, but I think it's one of the things that makes it more interested to us specifically. If you don't have a decent knowledge on computers and basic stuff, yeah. it can be even more overwhelming. Because like that. half the stuff, yeah. I don't even know what they're talking about, and I am more tech savvy than a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And so my like for example, my best friend Russell and his wife Susie have been watching it, and he literally they made it three episodes in, and he texted me and was like, or when I saw him, he looked at me and said, "When's Mr. Robot get good?" because <laughs> we're three episodes in and I'm completely lost and I have to pause and explain stuff to Susie that I'm not even 100% sure I know what it is. And I was like, 
trust me, you're at the point where it's about to get more interesting. And I said, and then there's going to be a point where it just gets incredibly interesting. Um, and we'll talk about that here in spoilers in a second. But I think I think that's one of the pros and cons, because like we just said a minute ago, I think what makes it so interesting is how much of this is rooted in reality. Um my boss even talked about how like a lot of the tech lingo that they use and a lot of stuff they're talking about is real stuff. Yeah. Like, I mean, they yeah. mentioned DDoS attacks and they use a raspberry Pi to like hack something, which is just Cali like a cheap Linux little computer. Is, uh, one of the, you know, security based Linux operating system. Like they've, mm-hmm. they really did their research when they created the show and as they write the show. And it's something that I really appreciate about it. I agree. And I think that's, I think that's, benefits it and disadvantage and is like a disadvantage for those people that when you talk when somebody when they mention you know the dark army doing a ddos attack on the government or whatnot and like you're just like oh okay i don't know what that is but like for us like i know what a ddos attack is i'm like oh that's interesting that's really gonna oh, that, that could affect a lot of stuff and blah 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 so i think that's a i think that may be hard for people initially if they don't get caught if they don't get caught into the characters and trying to be like, what the heck is going on? Cause especially in the beginning and really throughout the whole thing, there is a lot of unknown and just being like, I don't understand. Yeah. Although I, any of this means, I, I gotta say this though, as a person who's been a victim of several DDoS attacks, it is nowhere near as exciting as Mr. Robot makes it. It is That's the true. most frustrating <laughs> and really boring I mean, honestly, like they make it seem like this quick thing, and it's oh yeah, that it's that not. whole episode. Like, there's like an episode early on. It may have been like the second episode, episode where there's is, like a big hack, and like there's this whole sequence where they end up going out to the server farm, and like he's like trying to f- track it and doing all this crazy stuff, and it's just I I was like. I never thought I would be so into a DDoS attack and trying to figure out what was going on. And I was just sitting there going like, is, is Elliot going to figure it out? What's going on? I don't understand this, this, and this. And like, it was just so interesting. And so like, I think, I definitely think those that, you know, helps and hurts it to an extent, but I think you, I think anybody can still enjoy the show. I'll say, you know what? I I agree with everything you guys are saying. I, I feel like I'd recommend it to anyone though. I think if you're a little more tech savvy or if you're working in the tech world, you'll appreciate it more. Um, Mm -hmm. another thing I really like it, but I also think it's one of those things because I had a similar experience of like me and my wife watched it and my wife just got confused and i did too and finally about halfway through season two i was like okay i'm just always going to be confused and i'm okay with that at this point and i think part of why that happens is (laughs) this show as well as probably sherlock do some of the the best jobs at illustrating what's happening in someone's mind like filming and like portraying thought um, I think Sherlock does a great job of it, and I feel like Mr. Robot is probably the second show I've seen that has done a really great job of showing and expressing thought, and especially with our main character, Elliot, who's got some mental illness, um, kind of portraying what that looks like to some degree is really interesting. <clears throat> and and kind of, I, 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 f- I finally like have been telling people when I've told them about it, and they're like, I don't really know what's going on. I'm like, you're not really supposed to. Like, you're finding out things kind of at the same amount of time that the main character is because he's not 100% sure what's going on in his mind. 
And I don't know. It's just really interesting to me. I, I think they do a great job about that. That's probably the one thing I appreciate the most, even outside the tech side, is that like they take thought and what's going on inside of people's heads. Because like I, I love the perspective, and we're getting close to spoiler territory here, but I don't think this will spoil anything, is I love the perspective, the whole show is perspective, that you're this make-believe friend that Elliot's made up, and he's telling you what's going on. Like He's talking to you as stuff's happening, and asking you what you think, and your advice, and everything else throughout the show. I love that perspective that's so unique and interesting, uh, and it just works so well for this uh, show. And while I'm thinking about it too, I want to throw out for those who are interested who maybe don't have, uh, you know, a huge technological background, especially inside networking, something cool, uh, geekwire.com and I think wired.com, they do kind of like an episode recap and they, they check the validity of the hacking tools and uh, the you know, the, the technicalities that happen in each episode. Um, but then they also break down and they kind of explain what it is. So if you watch it, you, you don't know, you have a decent idea, but you want to learn more. They're really cool articles about, you know, uh, that, that just help you dive deeper into understanding that world. And it's always fun to learn in my opinion. Like it's, it's kind of cool to keep up with some of this stuff. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so is it time? I think it's time. I think it's time. So from this point on, this is the spoiler section of this talk. And trust me, if you want to watch this show or even think you might be interested in watching Mr. Robot, stop now. Just turn it off. And when you watch it, come back and you'll know exactly what we're talking about. But from this point on, we are talking spoilers. And the first thing, the most important thing I think we're going to talk about is the character of Mr. Robot. Yes. From the very beginning, we have this character called Mr. Robot. He looks he, He's this hobo that just shows up and basically introduces uh, Elliot, our main character, to this organization called F-Society, which is basically a hacker organization. And the whole first season is about them building up to this huge hack. And slowly but surely, Mr. Robot kind of inches elliot into this organization to the point where he kind of comes up with the idea and he really almost pretty much executes everything and um yeah so that's that's it and the but the big thing you want me to go ahead and say it or do anybody want to chime in well i mean let's just ask the question who is mr robot mr robot is actually elliot elliot himself the main character so turns out mr robot the the hobo looking character who we saw isn't real he's all in he was real he He was his dead dad so here's he was real the character that is mr robot is actually elliot's dad who he mentions a lot in the beginning because who died of uh cancer when he was younger and so basically mr robot is this you know made-up character that pops up Elliot thinks is real who is based on his real dad and there's an episode in the middle of the season where he a he remembers everything and it's incredibly crazy and it blows your head because you also find out that Darlene who is one of the hacker girls 
is his sister and he completely forgot about his sister and like all this other stuff and like we're finding all of it out as Elliot's finding it out which is interesting because we're this imaginary character like Drew said so we see everything that's happening we should know more than him and I thought it was interesting because there's one point where he looks at the camera and goes did you know about this did you were you not telling were you hiding this from me and you're sitting there going no Elliot I promise yeah. I didn't know yeah. this either I'm just finding this out with you dude I'm with you on and this it, and so it's like, crazy because the very first episode I told I leaned over to my wife and I told her I said this guy keeps showing up and and it's, it's played by Christian Slater he does a great job of this character he's an incredible he, job. he's probably like the most interesting and from the beginning he just stands out so much and he shows up in the most interesting ways. And you can even tell from the beginning that Elliot's not 100% sure what he's seeing in the world around him. Like, he's a little paranoid that some people are following him. And he keeps seeing this hobo who turns out to be Mr. Robot. Um, and it's just it's just really well done how I had a I had this inkling that maybe he wasn't real. But, the, but as the episodes go on, and I think it's probably maybe the seventh or eighth episode out of ten where they kind of drop this bomb that, that he, he isn't real and he's all in Elliot's head and Elliot is him and has been doing all this stuff. But up until that point, like, it really feels like this guy is a character. Like, just the way they portray it and the way it's filmed and everything, it's just really well done. Mm-hmm. And so it's, and, and that was, I, I, I kind of had a suspicion like that too at the beginning, but what made me completely ignore it was we see scenes, because at first you only see Mr. Robot with everyone else, so it's like, could he be real, could he be not? But then you see scenes within just Mr. Robot, because I even told Drew before he got to that episode, because Drew said, I'm not sure Mr. Robot's real, and I said, no, he's real, because in the next episode he's like talking to one of the characters yeah. one-on-one. And then, so, but what it is, it's it's straight up, like, Fight Club style, where... Fight Club's um, a good analogy. Where... Like, it's similar to that. Where it's... Like, when it happened, I straight up text Tommy, and I said, this show just went Fight Club on me. And (laughs) where... Mr. Robot is Elliot. It's it's like another personality. He will take over, and everybody thinks Elliot is Mr. Robot. And so it's almost like another personality for him, but he doesn't know when it happens, and which makes him even more confused and us even more confused because sometimes we'll be, especially once he finds out, there will be completely, like, entire jumps in time where we don't know what happened because Mr. Robot took over and we and Elliot are both like what happened why is this what I don't know what happened did we do this did we do that and so like it just complete it takes a really good show and I think it just turns it into an incredible show if that makes sense like it just it just turns everything up to 10 and makes everything much more interesting Tommy what do you think bro I concur. I mean, I I think, uh, I don't know. I saw some of the twists coming. Uh, unfortunately, it had gotten ruined for me before I watched the show who Mr. Robot was. Um, so I didn't necessarily get that twist per se. Uh, I didn't catch Darlene as the sister. Woo. But honestly, um, the thing that I always come back to is the episode where his friend gets kidnapped Oh, and he's trying to save that her. Was really by releasing a dude from prison. Yeah, that episode was really well done. And at the end, when you find out that 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 friend doesn't make it, 
Was, yeah, when you find out she's been dead riding in the car with him the whole time, your heart Yeah, sinks. that was a punch in the gut. And yeah, which I'm is why I didn't think this was a network show. Yeah, that's a great way of putting it. I didn't expect that. Um, let me guys ask you this, because this is... So season one, you know, towards the end, we have this huge reveal. First off, that friend dies. I didn't see that coming. I really didn't think they were going to do that. Um, I probably should have. Looking back at it now, they built that character up in such a way that, like, she like you should have expected her to die i guess but um you know the first season this big i am mr robot there's that scene in the graveyard where he has the realization that he's not real and his sister and uh angela who who come up and that's a, a really close friend and they're like have you been seeing and hearing people's voices again and it's is this just or who have you been who talking you been to talking and to and like, it's just this uh... it's just this wild thing um like that was a huge shocker, but then for me, you j- fast forward after season one, after the hat gets pulled off, you go into season two, and you're like six or seven episodes in, and then holy crap, you realize they do another one on you, and you realize he's been in jail like the entire first six, seven episodes. That caught me more off guard than the I am Mr. Robot thing by like leaps and bounds. And when it happened, I was like, holy crap, you did it again to me, like. Again, I didn't yep. expect it. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Did that hit you guys? Yeah, for me, that reveal. Or- yeah, for me, that was the same thing. Like because I even told Tommy, I said I'm I'm not enjoying season two as much because like the beginning, it's just not as interesting. Like because the what we see is he goes home and starts living with his mom who he hates and is just staying at home and all this other stuff. And it's just weird. And it doesn't really make a lot of sense why, what he's doing. And so we have this reveal that no, he's in jail. He's been pretending like in his head, he's been creating the illusion that he's at home so he can cope and get a control of Mr. Robot. And so when it happens, everything that has happened before makes perfect sense. Like some of those weird things that I was like, why does he always go and just sit and watch basketball? Well, it makes sense if you're in jail. That's the only time, only thing he can do during the day is he has to go out in the yard and sit there and watch the people play basketball and all this other stuff. And so like that, what was more interesting about that reveal, I think was the fact that it was Elliot doing it on purpose. Cause he even looks at us and goes, I'm sorry, I lied to you this is just something I had to do to try to take back control. I promise I won't do it again. Blah, 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 blah. And I was sitting there going, come on, Elliot, bro. I thought we were friends, man. I thought I was your imaginary friend. What happened, man? What were you about to say, Tommy, about the the way they did it or something? I loved the reveal. Um, I like the, I mean, it it was the technical aspect. I loved watching the onion, like, just watching it peel back mm-hmm. as he's walking through the prison and seeing it just unravel before him. Mm-hmm. But, it, and that line when, uh, cannot remember the character's name, but when his friend saves him in the alley, oh, man. he's like, tell her, tell her I did good. Yeah. Tell the, tell the White Rose. Lotus lady, white Rose, I, that I helped you out or whatnot. Yeah. That was, was it also weird for anyone else sequence. that what's his name, uh, from the office? Was uh was like a mobster boss guy running like a, like uh the Ray like the warden of the, the jail turns out to be but like black yeah it's yeah, it's Craig the, Robinson is the actor but he's he plays what's his name in the office um I'm trying to think mm-hmm. who he plays in the office the, uh the warehouse uh Daryl he plays Daryl in the office like that was the weirdest thing that he was yeah. a bad guy I don't know why um 
No, it well, I mean, it kind of it kind of broke it, and I think that's one thing that makes Mr. Robot really good is even though these actors are fantastic actors and have been in other things, they haven't been up front in your face for a long time. Um, and so they do a really good job blending into these roles. Yeah. And he felt like one of the first that really was like, uh, he is so commonplace that it kind of, kind of slapped you abruptly. Yeah, I agree with that. That's a good way of putting mm-hmm. it. Um, mm-hmm. one thing I thought, that I really like about this show too, that I was thinking about as we're talking about these big twists and stuff is the, the, the him being in jail. It, it, it is kind of laid out for us where we, we get a lot of the clues. And when we have that unveil, un- it, it, it is like Tommy says, where we just, it's almost like a rewind where it just walks through every aspect of what we've seen and shows its true form. And we're just like, I get it. You, you were putting all the hints right in front of me and I just missed it. The same thing happened in the first season too, because, um, so the big, you know, we just talked about the big reveal being Mr. Robot was, is his dad, his dead dad that he's like made up. But in the episode before that happens, we Darlene, who's his sister, we see her meet up with Angela, who's, uh, Elliot's best friend. And I went, these two people shouldn't know each other. They're acting like they're best friends. Oh, yeah. I'm really, really confused. And so I text Tommy and I was like, hold up, Darlene and Angela know each other. What's going on? And Tommy was just like, it'll be explained. So at the end of that episode is the big reveal of, wait a minute, Elliot basically remembers who his dad is and is like, holy crap, wait a minute, my dad, this is a picture of my dad and it's Mr. Robot. And then Mr. Robot shows up at his house and is like, we need to talk. The entire episode following that you don't know that he's not real. The entire episode makes you think that his dad has been alive the whole time and has just been doing all this other stuff. And it's not until the end of the episode when he gets hurt and they end up in the graveyard that I was like, oh, he ain't real because they end up in the graveyard. And I'm like, they're going to end up at his grave. And he like Mr. Robot sits down at a gravestone and like they're talking. And then Angela and Elliot or Angela and, Darlene show up and he looks down and Mr. Robot's gone and it's his dad's grave and it's just like they're like who have you been talking to and you can just see Elliot's like the crap has is going on he's just so confused and so that 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 reveal was in built up too to where we had all the clues but like it just slowly unveiled and it wasn't just like a drop like everything revealed at once like for uh, for pretty much an entire episode it made you to believe that Mr. Robot was his dad the whole time, but then you find out, well, he is, but he's not real too. And that was just even like, it was like mind blown and then mind blown even yeah, more. It just kind of reaffirmed it. Um, <clears throat> let me ask you guys a question. Cause season three is just launched. I've not got to see any of it yet. Tommy, I know you've seen a few episodes, Matt, you're still with me at season two. Um, going into season three, the one big question I want to know is what, in the world is going on with Tyrell. He's such a interesting character in season one and in season two. And just this, this like, you know, season two, he more or less gets, and this is a character who gets the, basically the entire illegal hack pinned on him and somehow is working with them and everything else. Like, I just want to know what in the world has been going on with Tyrell. Uh, do you guys get that same feeling? I even think I saw some advertisement. That's kind of one of the questions they were handing out was going to be answered this season. What do you guys think? 
they do bring Tyrell back in the third season and where I'm at, they don't necessarily answer that question, but they do heavily incorporate him again back into this, this series. Because he's pretty much um, missing in season two. He's just this figure in the background all of season yeah, two. Yeah, but for a long time in season two, I actually wondered if Tyrell was one of uh, Elliot's personality. I thought that as well. Actually. Yeah, I thought that. I thought that too. And even Elliot at the end of season two thinks that too. That's true. And for that moment there, I was like, "No, I think you're right, Elliot." And then it's like, "Oh no, no, we were both wrong." Dang it, Elliot! You had you totally had me believe. <laughs> I gotta say, I thought it was like that. masterful storytelling how they incorporated in the getting shot by Mr. Robot yeah. early on in the season and pulled that back so beautifully at the end where Tyrell's got a gun pulled on him and he's like, you're not real. Shoot me if you want to. You're not real. And then obviously we find out that he is very real and that gun was very real. Yeah, they do a fantastic job with misdirection in this show. That's a good way of putting it. And the cinematography is so freaking good. It's just, oh my gosh. The visual storytelling is some of my favorite. And I've just, it's, I haven't seen a show like this that's impressed me this much in a while and i've thoroughly enjoyed every moment of it and i'm super looking forward to, to starting season season three but i think because the other seasons i just watch all of it at once i think i'm just gonna wait a few more weeks until they finish the whole season so i can just kind of watch it all at yeah. once i might not end up doing that i may start it and just watch it week by week but right now i'm like i can wait i took yeah, we're we're kind of doing that. I took Mr. Robot. It, it took me a while to get through the two seasons because I intentionally only watched maybe one or two episodes, two max at a time, because there's something about it. And you know we're we're losing this more and more walking into the modern era. There's something about suspenseful television like this that like having some time to mull over like what's going on between the episodes and such really adds to it um like I, I don't really know how to express that anymore there's something i mean i liked when uh, stranger things is a good example going back to that i like the F- stranger things i watched the first episode of stranger things at night by myself <clears throat> and then like three days later decided finally to watch it again with some people with my wife and to dive into the series but we took it like one episode at a time and i think part of the suspense of not knowing what's going on and building up was amplified and made even better by extending the story out rather than just diving into it and blowing through it. What do you guys think about that? Is that something that we're losing or do you think that's some value in the fact that this is coming out weekly, like traditional television does? I don't know. I think it's a teach their own. I have friends who binged, um, who had finished, you know, the season by midday, the day it dropped, Rebecca and I, we, uh, I think today will be the first day that we watch more than one episode mm. in, a, in a single day, and we're kind of taking it chunk by chunk, and I like it. I, we did that with House of Cards, and we've done that with a couple other shows, and I really do think that, um, I do think we miss something when we binge. Yeah. Uh, I think the shows that I want that are big that I want to watch with people. I like better when they're spread out because I think of this, I think of uh, like when I was into Walking Dead, when Game of Thrones comes around, the spacing, it gives you time to be able to go, oh, it's coming out this weekend, oh, it's one episode, oh, we can find an hour to all watch it together. While with the binging culture, if it's a show like 
that's not as big of a deal like like voltron voltron came out on netflix a new season there's like five episodes and i've already finished it like that's not as big of a deal but like for this like my roommates and them they're almost done with the season i've only watched one episode and so i come in when there's a bunch of people and they're on episode three or four and i can't really participate without like completely ruining it so but if it was spaced out yeah like normal it'd be one of those things i could go oh i know we're gonna watch stranger things sometime this week or whatnot yeah. and it makes it a little easier so i i think for these bigger shows and these shows that you want to watch with friends having the option to binge makes it harder mm-hmm. But when it's spread out, it kind of focuses everybody because I'll be real, it's hard to watch a show with somebody because that's already been out. Because if they have a busier schedule than you and you're just sitting there going, oh, I could just go ahead and finish it today because I ain't got nothing well, going on. Let me tell you, on. Matt, it just, just gets hard. worse when you get married because then the person you're supposed to watch it with sure. just looks at you and bed, you Netflix cheated on me, didn't you? I'm like, yeah. Oh, I oh, I know. <laughs> I, I, It took me, like, my girlfriend, we, we watched we finally finished Sherlock because she wanted to watch it with me. And I've just recently finished Sherlock because we could only watch it together and they're long. So we can only see them like when we had time on the weekends that she came over. So I can understand that to an extent. I, I'm sure it only gets so, worse. Let but. me ask a, a question about this because I think, I think you, you guys are right. Like I think game of Thrones, one of the, one of the reasons that I like game of Thrones is because it comes out on a weekly basis. And like, there is this community kind of thing around water cool talk, water cooler talk, you could say, about talking about the episodes and stuff like that. I feel like you miss that as much when you release a whole thing. I don't know, like I, I, I don't know, but like I think back to I wasn't into it, but I knew so many people who were so into Lost when it was came out, uh, and, and everything. <laughs> yeah. But you know, the show aside, because I've only seen parts of it and it wasn't terrible by any means, but like it really built community around watching this show together with a certain group of people. <clears throat> and I, I do oh, yeah. feel like, you know, when we release entire seasons and stuff, you can't have friends over to watch it and obviously watch the whole season. But I feel like we're missing something of that, that weekly ritual, I guess you could say of we're going to come over on Sunday night and we're going to watch walking dead. We're going to do this or that or another. And, uh, I hope that doesn't go away, I guess is what I'm trying to say. I think there's some value to it, especially in stuff like what Mr. Robot does where you have this suspense and you have this kind of, you know, drama thriller that just seems to be heightened when, you know, end of a season hits and there's going to be months until you really know what's going to happen. Um, <clears throat> it's a little infuriating. At the same time, it's really builds and makes me want to watch it even more. Mm-hmm. I agree. I mean, I think that's a valid point. We still do, like, we do Rick and Morty parties. Um, we used to do Walking Dead get-togethers, not because I care about Walking Dead, but just because it was a good time yeah. to sit around, eat chips and dip, and hang out with friends and, you know, watch a TV show with it. So I think I think you're right. There's something to that weekly ritual that just adds something to the social aspect as opposed to sitting down and binging something for six seven hours or i agree whatever and you know what a weekly ritual that i think everyone should be doing is listening and downloading this wonderful podcast we do every week to make it part of what you do and it's a little cheesy (laughs) that's right 
But no, it's easy to make it a part of your weekly schedule because we bring an episode out every week unless, unless a hurricane, hurricane shows, shows up. up. <laughs> <laughs> or we just or forget. We just, yeah. <laughs> I don't or, think we've been that bad. I think we did miss one episode just because life. Yeah. It's because I moved and crazy stuff happens. But it's okay. We got it out like later. Yeah. So it's, not, it's yeah. all good. Yeah. So speaking of our awesome show, we are planning towards the end of the year probably mid-december um mid to late december was one of our last episodes of the year we are planning to do a live episode um we'll either do we're we're trying to figure out the details on that so we don't know exact time or date but we want to get it thrown out there if you listen to the podcast and you would love to listen to us live and be able to actually interact and ask questions and be a part of the conversation. That is our goal for doing this. So we want to try to get as many people watching as possible so we can make this cool and happen. Um, So keep an eye out on details of that as we figure it out, but it'll probably be our end of the year episode. So it'll probably be the mid to late December. So yeah. If you're interested in that, it's gonna be a definitely, blast. definitely keep an eye it's out. It's going to be really cool. It's the best way we can yeah. figure out about having all of you actually be on the podcast because we don't have enough mics for that, basically. So this will be the best way. Jump in, to, uh, jump in the chat when we get all this figured out and tell us what you think and tell us if you think we're terribly wrong or, or right or mm-hmm. if you like burn notice like Tommy does. And if enough people watch and enough people like it, maybe it's something we'll do more regularly if we figure that out. So, yep, that's it. Y'all got anything else you want to add? No, man, Mr. Robot's great. Watch it. Sorry. Yes, Mr. Robot's awesome. What you got, Tommy? Tommy's got got something he wants to add. Slightly off topic, going back to our news, uh, they just announced a date for Doom to hit the Switch, and it's November 10th. Boom. I'm going to have to hit the Switch soon. November 10th. Doom on the. I'm Switch. actually really intrigued by the the Doom VR game they're coming out with. I think that looks. Me too. Doom uh, VFR, virtual freaking reality. Yeah, I uh, I really <laughs> want to get. There's a Rick and Morty <laughs> VR game, Tommy. I don't know if you know this or not. I know. Oh, I'm I'm well aware and really <laughs> want to. Awesome. Up. I really need to get my my Oculus. Yeah, I got to get my up, setup as so. well. I gotta get one. Yep, guys, yep. did you hear about the? Uh, computerless VR Oculus yeah. is dropping for like two hundred yeah, bucks. Yeah, it's, it's actually gonna be, I think, yeah, two hundred. No, no computer needed. It's actually got better lenses, evidently, than the Rift does. Um, but I also don't think it's gonna be able to do as m- many powerful games. I think it's probably gonna be a little bit of a compromise in that sort. But it sounds pretty awesome. Oh, I mean, yeah. you know, it, to me, I, I take it as kind of like the the switch. I want to get it, and I want to throw it in my travel bag yeah, no. for work. Yeah. So if I'm sitting in a hotel room, <laughs> I can look like a moron, and nobody has to watch me because I'm alone in a hotel room. Exactly. You know? That's, That's right. Yeah, I've heard good things about it. I'm interested <laughs> to see what Oculus has coming. It, it, VR looks very bright. Um, I know that Respawn, is, which does Titanfall games, is working with Oculus to develop a first-party game. Um, which would be really interesting, and I think that's coming out early next year. So we'll probably have to do another VR episode at some point to kind of update what's happening in that right. world. There's a lot there of good are. exciting because stuff. virtual reality is becoming an actual reality. Ba-da. Ba-da. <laughs> and 
that's our episode. Thanks for joining us, guys. You can find us on all the social medias, including Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just search The Valkyrie Cast. Join in the conversation and say hello, and we will see you next time. We are The Valkyrie Cast. Wubba lubba dub dub.